With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Uh, that was a hell of a, hell of a game, hell of a weekend. We're going to talk about it, um, digest it, but also talk about a very exciting championship weekend. You'll be shocked to find out that Eric here is very excited about the game that he just witnessed. We'll, uh, we'll get his reaction. This is going to be a great podcast. Let's rock. Probably safe to say, I like challenged on you uh, on this for a second, which was the game of the year. I think it's safe to say it's probably the game of the year. Um, were there like five? There were more touchdowns scored in the uh, last like three minutes. The of that under game had a chance to hit in that game than, than every other game. Like the whole weekend, it was like all the quarterbacking kind of sucked. And then Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just put on two of the greatest performances we've ever seen. I'm in obviously, the playoffs. Yeah, I'm obviously happy because you know the team, you know, both of us. I'm happy for you too. But like, right? That's that's yeah. why you're happy. But the thing, the, what honestly, does your shirt say? Uh, I think I got my swagger back. Is, I think is that what is that about? Uh, it was. I think it was a Mahomes quote during a press conference or something <laughs> that I bought. Uh, it, it came with my Creed is good shirt. Mm. Um, but I have to say this: like, Josh Allen was. Freaking amazing in that game, too. I thought you were right. going to apologize to Chiefs Kingdom, but I'm glad we're not at that <laughs> point yet. Yeah, I, that might be the maybe the biggest take of this yeah. game, which is that Josh Allen was amazing. Stephon Diggs, you know, Gabriel Davis was the receiver that he went to, and he was cooking dudes all over the place. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, Tyron, the Tyron Matthew injury should not be forgotten in this game. But man, Josh Allen is good. He is really, 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 really good. And the way that he creates things, I mean, there were so many plays where you're like, he's dead to rights. Dude, the, the number, like, so <laughs> I don't know if you were watching the live watch along, but like, I was just like, it was that fourth and 13 and they went to timeout and I'm like, okay. You have to play, you have to rush the passer discipline. You can't like the Chiefs would get out of their lanes or Josh Allen, like it's not even about the Chiefs. Josh Allen would, would maneuver and get out in space. And you're just like, this freaking thing is over. Remember that fourth down where like uh, Melvin Ingram had him dead to rights. He's just like this, and then he like escapes, and then he he outruns Frank. He outran Frank Clark to the to the first down like three times in the game, mm -hmm. 
And, you know, we were, you know, during the game, we were talking about, you know, does under make sense? All this kind of, and the game goes to what, six, 77 point or 78 yeah. points now seems the stupid. Live, but, the live but, 47 and a half. Yeah, live 47 and a half was, the, was nice. The, the freezing uh, takes exposed for that Mahomes, number. Mahomes gets us back on the block of the week with over two and a half passing. Well, that's what I said on that. I was like, I was like by the way, the best part about this overtime is over two and a half is live. And, live, baby. Um, and the Chiefs ended up covering. Um, over. If you're the, is there a takeaway from this? If you're the Bills, around, no, you know, win it. Like, what do you have to do to win these games, or is it just simply, yeah, if you leave more than one second on the clock, you're gonna lose. Yeah, that, I mean, like this. What did Buffalo do? In, like, I, I think back to other championship games where the up and coming team lost, and and again, I think about this like Kansas City when they lost to New England and in the championship game three years ago. Mm-hmm. This and, was the division, and, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but this was kind of the AFC championship game. Don't we agree that this oh, is kind of de facto? You. Already writing them like, off. But but the Uh oh. But like when they lost to the Patriots, it's like, well don't get down seventeen nothing at half. Mm-hmm. You know? The Bills, like we talked about when you were on the show, you know, both teams kind of took punches in the first half. It was fourteen fourteen going into halftime. Both teams probably came out of halftime thinking, yeah, like we sparred for the first thirty minutes of the game, and and they essentially turned it into a a home run hitting contest for the last you know six minutes of the game. That's basically Just all it was. Haymaker after yeah. haymaker, and and that's kind of how you want it to be. And like, is there anything for the Bills to learn from this? Maybe just don't punt on fourth and one. Remember they punted on fourth yeah. and one back to Mahomes, and, and there was that fourth. There were they had a third and two where they um, ran a pitch. They ran a pitch, lost two, and then didn't go up forward fourth on, on fourth and Chiefs, four. Chiefs also punted on their fair share. They also the Blake Bell when they tried to they they you know they do normally do the thing where Blake Bell sneaks on third and one because they're afraid of Mahomes because he had that knee injury the one time, and then they they had Blake Bell run the option instead. And it's like you don't want your second string tight end running yeah. an option play. Here's I, I think there is one rather big takeaway if you're the Bills, which is you got to make someone other than Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey beat you. Yeah, and we've seen teams do that to the Chiefs. Now, one of the things coming into this game that I thought was really interesting from a data standpoint was the Bills. I know they're without Tre'Davious White, but they have been the best secondary all year. They have the highest coverage grade of any team in the NFL. They have two tremendous safeties, and you just have to. There are two guys on that team, and when they needed yards, right? Tyreek Hill goes all the way. Right, Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey just takes inside leverage, cooks a dude, and they're um, they're kicking a field goal to tie the game. Yeah, like you got to make McCole Hardman do that, and he did in the in the last. I, I'm making him do that all, all the time. Game, yeah. I'm making him do well, that but, more but than once. Isn't that just the style of play that both of these teams play? Right, both the Chiefs and the and the Bills play. They're not good enough, especially without White. The Bills and Chiefs aren't good enough at the cornerback position to play matchup football the same way that the Rams are. And like, by the way, congratulations, Rams fans. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good win today. Yeah. Um. They they almost melted down, but like, but for the they dominated the Bucks. But like, they're not like the Rams can take their best player on defense besides Donald and match him up against your best offensive player. Hmm. The, the who do the Bills have? Is it's not Levi Wallace, right? It's not. You know, Taron Johnson. Right. Like the Chiefs can't put Traverius Ward on Gabriel Davis. No, that's a really like, good point. So, so I, I get what you're saying. It's just more of a stylistic thing, and maybe that's where that's where they think about, and maybe that's where people take lessons from the Rams, who a team I've been very critical of. But a lesson from the Rams is 
if you do stay healthy or moderately healthy and you have superstars, you can erase other team superstars. Mm -hmm. And that's what neither the Chiefs or the Bills could do today, right? And that was, you know, that's that's obviously a, a, a lesson to take. But I, I think if you're Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo went for more fourth downs than the average team would in this game. They were good on special teams for the most part. They Their, their quarterback played a wonderful game. Um, their defense, you know... <laughs> I mean, what are you, you going to do? I mean, this is defensively, what are you going to do against Mahomes when he's playing that well? Yeah, it's it's fair. And the take uh, on this game should not be like, revamp your defense. Yeah. You know, both both quarterbacks were amazing. Um, the, the L that we have to take this week, by the way, uh, as we take an L every single week, the big one was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus two and a half, which we talked about last week. And it looked like they had a chance there at the end but ultimately in that game, they you know they got a couple of turnovers. Cam Akers got a couple. Um, both their tackles got smoked. I mean, absolutely toasted. We were so worried about Josh Wells, who took over for Tristan Wirfs, and he was not good. But Donovan Smith got punctured multiple times by Von Miller and Leonard Floyd in that game. Both of them had like sub-40 PFF grades before review. And that just gave them... I mean, yeah. next to is no that hope. the hard part about having an offense where one of the tack so like you can get by in the NFL where one of your tackles is kind of a four out of ten and the other guy is a nine out of ten and like that was always like you know Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher for example is like that sometimes yeah. and like but when when the nine out of ten gets hurt then the four out, when you can't help the four out of ten anymore he's out on an island he's yeah. getting fucking beat up I, I think that's the thing right you kind of expected donovan smith to be solid but, but that's just like, because he has help you know because he has help and you know it's interesting in that first half which is where the game was lost tom brady was pressured on 10 of 23 dropbacks all 10 of those came in under 2.5 seconds so like it's one thing where if you're getting pressure you know tom brady can, can do some things but tom brady is not josh allen or patrick mahomes in those situations right it's just if you're going to get there that quickly and he doesn't have Antonio Brown, doesn't have Chris Godwin, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Brady's not retiring. No. No chance. No. Uh, what do you think about uh, your guy? Um... Peyton? <laughs> Peyton's Peyton. I told you about Peyton, didn't I? No, I'm not talking about Peyton. I'm oh. talking about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my guy. Uh, what, what are all the names? The names the names are pretty amazing. Uh, kudos to my our, our friend Jeff Schwartz who sent me the list. Uh, do we want to read the list? Go over the list. This is the list. So this is the official. Oh, and by the way, someone says PFF won't give Stafford credit for playing a perfect game and winning the game by himself. You're right. I will not because he did not play they a perfect didn't... game and did not win the game by himself. I, that I just said, said the Rams played brilliantly and they 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 that's dominated true. the Bucks. That's true. And I, I, there was he played very well especially given the way that the bucks yeah. attacked him which was really stupid and joseph Noteboom played a great game yes that, uh, that is something i did not expect that and, was and kudos to him he deserved a game ball for sure yeah. um okay so this is the official list um yes these for, are not names we've made up although we do find some of them funny yes correct clan marino <laughs> The funniest thing about that name is, is that, like, it has nothing to yeah, do yeah. with anything that he said. Yeah. <laughs> it was just somebody coming. Rush Lambeau, Throw Rogan, which Throw Rogan was invented by our own Brad Spielberger. I like Throw Rogan. Um, Prager Unitas, like off of Prager University. Yeah, yeah. Breitbart Star, which is my Breitbart favorite. Breitbart Star is my <laughs> favorite. Um, QB Giuliani. I don't. Oani, or Oani Romo. I like that. Uh, yeah. Tuck Rule Carlson. 
Q Aaron Rodgers. And the, here are three. This one's 10, and there's two in the below that I think are really good. Kurt D. Warmer. Yeah, that one's good. Dim Tebow. Uh, that's a good one. Marjorie Taylor Green Bay. I think Marjorie Taylor Green Bay is the funniest one <laughs> yeah. because it doesn't have anything with Aaron or Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, like, has any has anything ever united us as a country more than shitting on the Green Rod- Bay yeah, Packers? Because I think <laughs> some lose. people like some people probably agree with him and are like still like, oh, I, he's kind of a like. It's nice to see him lose because he's kind of a dick and like all this stuff, but. Also, can let's take a moratorium. Let's take a, a revisit of that game. So that was the most impressive off game, offensively called game I've ever seen that scored six points. Yeah, like it was, like he made some epic calls in that game, and execution for the Niners wasn't great. Nope, a lot of drops. The, the, the Elijah Mitchell not following Trent Williams yeah. on the fourth down when he was pulling or, or he was motioning and then uh, kicking out. Um, was terrible, the drops and everything. And but then I, I come back and again this might be my prior on the floor. What is what what blame does Matt Matt, Matt Lafleur take in that game? I think he's got to take a decent amount. The interesting thing about that game was it never felt, it never felt like the Green Bay Packers couldn't move the ball. You know, that was what was so interesting. It felt like they were moving it fairly consistently. You know, they came out in that game, and in, on the first drive, Devontae Adams had three catches. Now, he finished going, he went over, but it was interesting. In the, in the game that they won, he had 18 targets. And I think if you can, if you can say there's any place to play uh, some, anywhere to play some blame, it would be like, why are you not shoveling your best player and the best receiver in the game, the ball. That was the one thing that that I came away with. And, um, you know, especially in a game where Ambry Thomas was out and then Dante Johnson got hurt and Josh Norman came in. So I think LaFleur deserves a little bit of blame there. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had that uh, dispassionate look the whole game. It was weird. It was man. very it was strange. Weird. But he also missed plays. Like the play, the last third down that he had was a great call. Mm-hmm. And he just, he opted to throw the ball to Adams in double coverage instead of throwing the open guy. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, Rodgers, where does he play next year? <sighs> so... He should have retired, shouldn't he, before this year? In hindsight. Stop. In hindsight. the MVP. If Rodgers would have retired, no. we know nothing We know nothing about any of this stuff. He he doesn't – this is more disappointing than last year. Our friend Justice Mosqueda, Packers fan, also very smart, was saying he thought – he put this game on par with the 14 NFC Championship game, the one they lost to Seattle, as like the worst loss – Mm-hmm. In his like lifetime as a Packers fan, that loss was really bad. That loss was bad, but this one's home divisional round. And like, as much as I, I don't hate Jimmy G as much as some people against Jimmy G because Jimmy G kind of quarterback, you know. I have a, um, I have a little bit of a theory here. Okay. So, a lot of people thought this was funny, and it was really funny. The picture from the Washington Redskins in 2014, where Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur is the quarterback's coach, and Sean McVay is the tight end's coach. 
And you know that thing where like your older brother is just like always your older brother. Mm-hmm. I do think that Shanahan has a little bit of that over Lafleur and McVeigh. And I know it's such an anti like analytics thing to say, but there is that little bit, and I think part of it is just the confidence that Shanahan yeah. has that shows up with his team. But you sit, you see this with the Niners, and I think this is the reason why in games like this, where their quarterback is outmatched they still have such a good chance of winning these games is because they play with a confidence and a like physicality and athleticism that you just don't see in a mm-hmm. lot of teams. And they yep. continually do it even when they're banged up. Um, and you've got to look at placing some of that on the way that the coaches prepare. I think it's a combination of really well-taught scheme. They're able to fly at 100% because they know what they're doing. And they have a ton of confidence in what their coaches are telling them to do is going to work. You know, like that mm-hmm. helps you go out there and just go. It also like it's also wall. not the optimal way to play football. So not that many people. And that's my that's always my criticism of Shanahan in the first place is the optimal way to play football is the way the Bills and the Chiefs mm-hmm. just did it. Right? right. So like he's uh, he's finding. So in math, what, what, in math, is, what does Jimmy G look like? If you yeah, ask yeah, me I mean, to do course, what Josh yeah, Allen but, did today. But like, but that's part of <laughs> that's part of the whole thing. Right. Like, right. you know, football is a landscape. Right, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs and the Bills are on the global optima, optimum, right? Yep. And the and the Niners are at a local optimum, and sometimes you can win doing that, right? Like it, it, but I wouldn't select for what the Niners do. If I were starting a franchise over, I would not select a Shanahan because I don't think that that offense is the optimal. If I had those kind of players a priori, right, then I would work with you know, like that's I think that that's the distinction, and so. Like, if I'm a defensive coordinator of the NFL, and we saw this this year, I'm building defenses to beat the Bills and the Chiefs. Right. And, you know, by the way, don't wound what you can't kill. Like, all that has not, yeah. you know, that, that worked for six weeks, right? Or, you know, 12 weeks maybe. But so then, you know, as every defense in the NFL is zigging, you know, the Niners constantly, ha- they have this consistent edge mm-hmm. over a lot of teams in the NFL because they're they're so unique, but they're not like – it's sort of like that that scene in A Beautiful Mind where they're like the second cutest girl, you know? <laughs> and like, that's that's who the Niners are on offense. And so they have this consistent edge by the way that they play. And there's limitations associated with that, of course. But, um, but, but, you know, there's a reason. I don't, George, did you know this? In the last 11 years, the Niners have five seasons of six or fewer wins and five seasons where they've made the NFC Championship yeah. game. Either, if they have a winning season, they make the NFC title game. And like, that's... Freaking absurd, you know. But wouldn't you? I, you're a Niners fan. You'd rather have that. Like, if you're gonna be ten, if you're gonna be eight and nine or whatever, who gives a fuck? Just like go six and ten and get a draft yeah, pick. Absolutely. If you're gonna be good, be good. That you can be trade, real. That you can trade away for yeah. a backup quarterback. Uh, yeah. We're gonna talk plenty of Niners Rams when we get to that game. I, we we missed a segment that the people are calling for, and that is Rams planning. So, oh. I actually usually when we Rams plane. It's, you know, people have gotten all excited about the Rams. We kind of need to bring them back to, to light here or down to earth. Jesus. But for this segment, I am going to, um, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a, a Todd Bowles bringing him back to, to earth um, thing here. If you knew one thing about the Rams, it was this. Against the Blitz this year, they have like a .534 expected points added per play. Okay, now for everyone out there that has like no idea what that is because you don't spend your entire life in a in your mother's basement cranking numbers, that is insane. That was like two tenths of a point better 
than any other team against the Blitz. It was insane how good and efficient they were against the Blitz. Matt Stafford, fourth highest graded quarterback against the Blitz. The Bucks have blitzed at the second highest rate of any team in the NFL. When they blitzed Stafford in week three, he carved them up. Absolutely carved them up. He went nine for 11, 91 yards, touchdown, carved them up. In this game, did the same thing in the first half, went eight for 10, 71 yards and a touchdown, carved them up. Guess what Todd Bowles and the Bucks did on the last two plays that sank their season? They blitzed and it was fucking stupid. All you had to do was keep the play in front of you. And that failure to adapt and adjust against what a team is doing to beat you is unacceptable. The Rams kicker left a kick that was short. 47 yards short. 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 And you were worried about like them getting it to the 40 or some yeah. shit. Like I honestly And, it's and here's so the stupid. thing, and this is where I'm gonna give Matt Stafford a hell of a lot of credit. The first play on that last drive, it was it looked like he had lost it. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell, man? And I think that is <laughs> that is probably the the little bit of a difference between him and Jared Goff that matters for this team, which is mentally it's a little bit stronger. And he came up and he made some he made some plays where mm -hmm. he got hit. Yeah. And he made a play, they blitzed, uh, and he was ready, and he fucking nailed that throw. And so, and he nailed he nailed the open throw to the you know the cover two at the beginning of the yep. game. So like he took a sack from Vea, and you know it's ten three, and it's like oh Bucks will get the ball back, you know they'll be in business, whatever, blah blah blah. And like he just and and I'll say this this year, his deep ball accuracy has been pretty freaking Insane. good. And and so yeah, I mean, good for him. I mean, the the question remains: Can he? You know, the question when they when they signed him, right, or they traded for him, and the question I think with all these quarterbacks who are sort of beneath what we saw tonight with the Bills and Chiefs, you know, by a, a tier or mm -hmm. two, I, Stafford this year I think played in the second tier, right, like firmly. Mm -hmm. Can they put four games together like that? You know, because like we we I mean. Everybody and there are people in the mentions and all this stuff who are you know oh Stafford he, uh, he, you know, he owns you guys it's like <laughs> I mean Matt Stafford led the league in interceptions this year like he he's had a good he's had a this is how I would describe it a very good but uneven year what ah, I hate to do this but like Chris made a point coming out of the half that was uh, the point of the first half Tom Brady was in a pocket that was contracting faster than someone's mm -hmm. wallet at a blackjack table after having 10 shots. I don't know where that came from, but it's good analogy. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it was, it was a, a puckering butthole is what his, uh, his pocket looked like. Meanwhile, Matt Stafford, credit to Joe Noteboom and the way Sean McVay had, um, was really playing a lot of condensed formations. was really helping was comfortable the whole time. Mm -hmm. that offense is going to be good when the quarterback is comfortable because they have really good receivers and Sean McVay can scheme a dude open. Right. It'll be very interesting to see in this game. And there's a lot of data around the, the, uh, the, the Giants, the Niners and the Rams. That's really interesting. That's very different from how the Bucks play football. And I think it's going to be a fascinating game for that reason. But Jared Goff played really well in that offense when that was the case as well. And so I don't want to like let that be lost in translation. I'm not like trying to take anything away yeah. from Matt Stafford, but that's just the facts. Yeah, I mean, look, the he look, he averaged 8.2 yards an attempt this year. That was the second highest I believe in his career. Um he had the you know, you can't take the touchdowns away from him. 
You can't. Um, you actually can't. You no. Know, yeah, it's impossible. You, I, like, look, like no one. You know, the results are the results. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him play next week against the Niners. Um, what stat do we, that? The results are the results. That commercial is tough to watch. Yeah, a lot of really bad commercials. Um, do you think so? So when Stafford, yeah, so by the way. I, I say this. Do you think? Do you think like Mahomes and Allen both get like two war for that game? Because like their defense like gave both gave up a win. Yeah, probably. I mean, the takeaway from that game was we have Mahomes power ranked number one in our quarterback. Yeah, he's not against that high in the rankings this year. Um, yeah, and and look, he has he is one of the interesting things about um, about contextualizing how good a quarterback is. So PFF grading within a season is a small sample, right? That's just the mm -hmm. facts on, on football. And so Mahomes, he went through a long period where not a lot of big time throws, more turnover worthy plays than big time throws for a good portion of the season. And for most quarterbacks, when you see that, you go, okay, I'm, I'm kind of out on this guy, right? But Mahomes has three seasons of absolutely elite, astronomical, out of this world play. That doesn't get carried over into his individual season's grade. But that's why in our betting models, we're going to make sure that we put that in context of his entire career. And that's why he's been number one or tied number one for points against the spread for quarterbacks for the entire season on PFF.com. By the way, promo code forecast, F-R-E-C-A-S-T, gets you 25% off either Edge or Elite. Get an Elite subscription. Gives you all the betting tools. You'll need them for the conference championship. Go get it. Go make it happen. But... With, with Allen, he was fourth. And you look at the guys that are ahead of him in Rodgers and Brady. And I think we're at the point with Allen where the same thing is true about him that is Mahomes. And I'm not saying that he is as good as Mahomes. But it's like, you may see him play a couple of shaky games. Don't doubt him in the next game because yeah, yeah. of that. Well, that's and that's the thing. I mean, you, you do have to roll up a lot of these things. And like, like this is where... And again, I don't mean to like, you know, the, the thing, you know, we'll say something like, oh, so-and-so is not very good. It's like, well, you graded him wrong. I'm like, well, for one, I don't grade the games. I'm a mathematician. But the other thing is like, we're using samples that are like longer, right? And we were contextualizing those samples and you have to, because like, like think about it. Like, I, I don't mean to belabor that. I don't mean to like bring up Mahomes all the time, but like, you sure. Like he kind of tried. He didn't play very well for half the season this year. No, he didn't. And and do but does and does that again? Like my thing with it, all this stuff. And again, like we talk about betting, we talk about trying to be right. And the the fact is, is like I don't care what those eight games are, as long as we can properly contextualize them and use them to talk about what's going to happen Next. January twenty second, right. right? And so like. I, I honestly do not care what Matthew Stafford has done for the first 19 weeks of the season. I want to know how he's going to do next week. And, and like, and that's, again, you like, we're the, the NFL is about winning Super Bowls. It's not about like having your favorite player play well for six games. It's mm -hmm. just not. And, and, yeah. and so we, you, that's part of like where we have to be. Yeah. If you want to look at, so PFF grade for season. The goal there is to say how well they have played that season. In their current role. Yes. Yeah. If you want to know what we predict that quarterback to do going forward, go look at our NFL power rankings and look at what we have 
the teams and the quarterback's power rated. That's being predictive of what's going to happen mm -hmm. in the future. That's the goal. So it's important to contextualize those. And I, by the way, I should say this. I really appreciate, you know, people in the chat talking about things like it's really good to hear what everyone out there is curious about, because like sometimes you don't, you know, you're in your fucking zone. You're like, you don't know what's going on. Sorry for swearing, by the way. Um, but it's it's important because we need to talk about these things or else people are just going to be, you know, no one has 10 hours a day to go study all this shit. So, um, yeah. And by the way, somebody somebody pointed this out, which I thought was a really good point. Um, Mahomes' two worst seasons might be two seasons he wins the Super Bowl. Like the, we talked oh, about this. When Who was we, it? Give him a shout. When uh, Brock Laser, when we did the when we did the Rams planning segment, we were talking about going all in on a particular year, right? Mm -hmm. That was when we talked about you know sort of trying to be the best team and like doing everything you can to be the best team in one year mm -hmm. is not as sound of an effort as trying to be good for like a three year stretch because it's just like a probability statement. If you want to have exactly one thing happen, it's going to be a lot less probable than three things happening. True. You know, this one or this one or that one. And it's because, like, you think about it, the Packers just lost, right? Mm -hmm. The last MVP, and assuming Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, the last MVP to win a Super Bowl was Kurt Warner in, in 1999. So, like, the fact is, is every single year the team that wins the Super Bowl is winning some other team a Super Bowl. Right, the Packers were favorites going into this uh, postseason. They're out. Chiefs were the favorites last postseason. They didn't win it. Ravens were the uh, favorites the, the postseason before. They're gone. Chiefs were the favorite. They didn't win it. Right. Patriots were the favorite in seventeen. It's literally it's just math. The field is always a good bet against the favorite. And so, like again, it, it's it's interesting when we talk about like, oh, this is his best year. This is that his best that best year, like. Football is a noisy game. That's why you have to have sound evaluation methods so that you can prep, properly probabilize all these things. The other thing is if you don't, then you're going to go crazy, by the way. It's yeah. like, this this game is fucking nuts. Um, God darn it. Uh, <laughs> the, the interesting thing about the games this weekend is even though I'm going to lose my best bet of the offseason, I feel vindicated and validated for it which was that Tom Brady was the most valuable player this season and Aaron Rodgers was not. And Aaron Rodgers is going to win. He's a huge favorite. And I, Tom Brady should have won it. You should have cashed that 16-1 ticket. I'm sorry. Did what I could. We'll I had a 7-1 to one on the Bucks win the Super Bowl for pretty big money, and, and that one's going to die too. Look, it's okay. We will, we will survive. We'll be back next year. For everyone that rode that with me, I'm here with you, buddy. Um, before we get into, so we're going to guess the lines here and talk about these games. Obviously, we haven't talked a ton about the Bengals yet. We'll talk about them in this next segment, as well as the Niners. Uh, if you are planning on making a little trip, maybe you're going to go watch a, a game. Maybe your team's in the uh, conference championship. You're going to go check out a game. Or you're tired of the freezing cold, and you're going to go find a place that's warm. Or you're in a warm place, and you're going to go you know, shred some, uh, some pow in the, uh, in the mountains. Get yourself cleaned up before you travel. Get Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0. With promo code PFF, you can get 20% off plus free shipping. Don't travel ungroomed. Don't be that person. It's just not, it's not comfortable. 
it's not gonna it's not gonna do you any good. So get the performance package 4.0, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. I use it all the time. It works like an absolute dream. Long battery life, so you can take it on trips wherever you go. That performance package also includes ultra premium body wash, which is good. You want to smell good. You want to be clean. So go to manscaped.com. Use promo code PFF. Get 20% off plus free shipping with that promo code. It's a new year. Be a new you with Manscaped. All right. We have two Did games. Did you see Stefan Diggs tackled that like the like nudist that ran around the field? <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> Good for him. Somebody, by the way, kind of a nice burn. Uh, oh, shit. Stefan Diggs played tonight. Yeah. Woof. Right. But he... that, them putting up 36 without a whiff from Diggs is also impressive. Again, we're trying. I'm showering Buffalo as they, they go, uh, you know, another year without a Super Bowl win. But, um, but like, you know, a great that they can win multiple different ways. The Gabriel Davis renaissance is um, is is a real good come up for them. You know, everyone thought it was going to be Emmanuel Sanders, but Gabriel Davis is a real nice player. Gabriel Davis was pretty good. La like Gabriel Davis was good at UCF. True. Yeah. Okay, it is time. So the early game uh, will be the AFC Championship game. It will be three p.m. on CBS. Nance and. Tony Romo, the Bengals, the Cincinnati freaking Bengals are playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. I made this line six and a half. Would you make it seven? You made it seven. I believe. It and I is just seven. made it there. Like you have not, I have not lost. I've been not, I have not been uh, removed from your sight since the Chiefs yeah, won a right. game to host their fourth consecutive AFC championship game. Uh, what is it? Seven. It is seven. Pinnacle has it seven. Total's 53 and a half. <clears throat> the Sharps are going to love under in that game. So, okay, let's, let's, we're going to pull out here. Um, uh, what's your take on seven, given that you just watched that Bills game and you've watched uh, the, the Bengals play the Chiefs already? I mean, I think... The, the rational person in me says what happened in week 17 doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And the Bengals have a lot of flaws. But the uh, – look, the person in me that respects the hell out of Joe Burrow is saying, like, take the points. I am taking seven. There's a <laughs> like, reason I did not make that line seven. Because when I made it seven, I said, you know what? Let me think about what Joe Burrow has done. And there's a stat that I thought really epitomized Joe Burrow. So the, the Tennessee Titans, their defense played really freaking well yesterday. They do something very interesting with their defense, which Zach Taylor and his offensive line were not prepared for, Eric. Woefully unprepared for, which is the problem with the Bengals. They don't, they're not that great from that standpoint but what they do is they simulate pressure at the highest rate in the league more than 10 percent or higher than any other team in the league which means they they show that they're going to blitz more than four and they end up dropping some guy out and blitzing four meaning they blitz someone that, that isn't supposed to be a pass rusher and it confused the hell out of a lot of teams this year it got joe burrow the first time they did it five times against him the next four times he went four for four and averaged like 22 yards T. Attempt. Higgins had a nice little game. Yeah. yeah. The thing with Joe Burrow 
that I think we're learning is this dude figures out a way. It honestly, and I'm not making a Brady comparison, but it's kind of similar to Brady in the way that somehow his team down 20 to three at halftime had a chance to win that game. And that's, that's to me the Joe Burrow thing. Here's another thing. Will Tyron Matthew play in that game? I mean, it's a concussion, right? So like... You got to think so. He looked... And I know like concussions are impossible yeah. to predict. He definitely did not look great. He went, had to go to the locker room. Um, I, I don't know, man. I have a hard time... I have a hard time not seeing it be a pretty similar game to the game we saw tonight. Uh, yeah, the difference is the Bengals... Like, I think Burrow is just slightly less good than Allen. Like, I, there were plays that Josh Allen made that if you play that defense against Burrow, it's probably a sack. You know what I mean? And, like, so you're looking at, at Burrow last week and you're saying, look, this dude's going to take a bunch of sacks. It's not even that. It's, it's just more of, like, I think Josh Allen's a nine out of ten. I think Burrow's an eight and a half out of ten. Mm -hmm. And I think that the 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 point five there is not being able to avoid the fourth down sack. The you know basically all the like there were a lot of plays where the Chiefs had Allen dead to rights. And there's also like yeah. the the weird like this is the thing I really liked about Buffalo today. They had a couple like really woke third down plays, which was. It's it's third and six, and Josh Allen's running a QB sneak for three yards, and they're going to go for fourth down. Mm -hmm. The Bengals aren't doing that shit. You know what I mean? Like there's, so to me, it's a combination. You don't of, think so? It's a combination. I I do think they. Here's the thing with the Bengals: the Bengals have nothing to freaking lose. Nothing. They are playing with so much house money right now. It is it is nuts. And I will say this: as good as the Bills are offensively from a weapon perspective. The Bengals' receiving core is better. It is better, man. Jamar Chase is an ace. T. Higgins is killing people. Tyler Boyd is great in the slot. I mean, how C.J. Uzoma is out there. Like, you know, Joe Mixon rumbling yeah. after catching some passes. And this was interesting about the Bengals. Their tackles played well. You know, everyone was getting, and I, this was so funny. Everyone was watching Joe Burrow take sacks. Uh, I believe only two of his sacks came in 2.5 seconds or less, and every other one was more than 2.5 seconds after. And the the tackles played well. So for everyone out there going like, oh my God, they got to get, they should have drafted Panay Sewell. You're an idiot. Watch the game. Their guards were getting crushed. And there is no Jeffrey Simmons in this game. Now, there is a Chris Jones. And that would be the concern, right? Is that Chris Jones is going to torch that interior and it won't, you know, they won't be able to overcome that. Um, but that, I mean, that's the worry, right? That's how they lose by more than seven. Here, here's the other thing that's interesting. In that game that they played in Cincinnati, remember, that was a blowout. It was a complete route at halftime. And Tyreek Hill dropped like a bomb that would have put them up like 14 to, what was it, like 24 mm -hmm, could have been? Mm -hmm. And 18, sorry. And, and then they, the, the Bengals came back. Now, that was at home. It required some really good play by the referees in their, in their favor and a, like, redonkulous decision by the Chiefs to not keep Jamar Chase, like, double covered on a third and with 19 or something like right. that. So that, that's your angle. If you're going to bet 
Kansas City here. It's like, look, we've seen this game already. It was a fraudulent comeback. This is in Arrowhead. We have home field, like, you know, mm-hmm. KC minus seven. Yeah, I agree. Um, if it gets out to seven and a half, we'll tease action. I'm not sure what you would tease it with, but. Well, yeah, like you don't tease the, the not. Like there's a lot of people in this space that tease out to nine. I was like, if you like nine, you like three, you like three. Dude, t- I, I, there's nothing, and I don't want to be. Look, I got this plus nine. I don't want to be like, an elitist prick, but you, like you can tell if someone knows what they're doing or knows anything about math by, by looking at their teasers. Shout out to Zach Tantillo, by the way. Uh, one of our social, um, social dudes runs um, our main account. And he always gets me by posting in a Slack chat a teaser that teases through zero <laughs> or like from from like uh five out to 11 and um yeah you can tell based on whether someone places a teaser that uh doesn't go through three and seven whether they get it or not yeah okay yeah, so that- the the uh chat by the way 57 percent are taking Bengals plus seven do you think it moves out do you think it moves to six and a half do you think you should if you're betting cincy should you bet them now no no. Did, did you see what happened to the Chiefs-Buffalo line this week? So, like, when we bet it at minus two, it got to minus one this morning. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I was in, a, in, uh, in Chicago for a few, and I drove back today. And when I went to go bet it this morning uh, through Indiana, minus one. Close minus two, minus 115. Mm. You know? Like, people are going to like the Chiefs at the end, right? They'll, they might head fake you at the beginning to get it to six and a half. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. It opened at six and a half. That's kind of what, you know, and, so you and people, bet it up. people bet up Kansas City. I don't think they're going to bet down. Unless if Matthew is legit hurt, like look, legit as in he can't play. I think a concussion is a legitimate injury. The, if he can't play, then that might be an issue. You know, that might, that might be the, the – like, because their secondary is a, a mess it's if a, they don't have Matthew. Now, um, Traverius Ward also got hurt in the game. DeAndre Baker came in. What was – is uh, do we know anything about uh, – Ward came back in, though. Oh, he came back in. Yeah. That's right. Uh, okay. There you go. Anything else to say about this game? Uh, here's a question because I have a big bet on this. Mm-hmm. Did Zach, does Zach Taylor win Coach of the Year? After it's not supposed to take into consideration going into Tennessee and beating Vrabel. Aren't the votes already in? Didn't you have to vote already? That's a good question. I Did they? So I think that's the whole. So does he that. win? He doesn't win it then. Probably it's probably Vrabel because Vrabel's the favorite. Yeah, but like if 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 you let it play out. Okay, this is a good question. You have a vote. Who are you voting for? Who was the who deserves the coach of the year this year? And why is it? Rick Versace. <laughs> F.O. Sachi. Um, uh, that's a great question. I, I, let me, let me, um, okay. So I think Taylor deserves some credit because that team was two and 14 mm-hmm. his first year and now they're not. And they're there. And I know a lot of that's Burrow, but like, did you, did I, did I, the Bengals, I didn't realize. So I've been I've been going to Bengals games all year, and they have this like you know we we talked to Ricardo Allen. He's a yeah. friend of the. Uh, so they signed him. He's a guy who's played a thousand snaps in the league in a year, and it's starting defensive back. They have Trey Flowers, 
playing dime safety. Mm -hmm. They got like seven defensive backs that prior to this year played a thousand snaps in a year for another NFL team. Like they built a secondary from yeah. like they you know, use, using Burroughs like money. I, I think that okay, so Bengals certainly uh with, with Zach Taylor certainly in the mix. I think you have to consider Mike Tomlin. That team's dog shit mm -hmm. and they made the playoffs. Um <sighs> Cliff. I don't I don't think you can you can give it anywhere close to Sirianni, even though they did overachieve. That team was mostly bad. Mm -hmm. Um I think Shanahan deserves a vote. I do. Because um, that quarterback, I mean, I, Jimmy G is not that good. And and that team's, you know, on the doorstep. You can't give it to a non-playoff team. In weird ways, the Bucks, the Cowboys. Cart, what about LaFleur? I, I just don't think people are going to give LaFleur credit. But, like, Rodgers yeah. is – I think if if yesterday's game told or Saturday's game told us anything, it's that Rodgers isn't that good when he goes off script anymore. Like Lafleur keeping that guy can can find, mm -hmm. like Aaron Nagler, who's a friend of the show, made a great point. He said, when when um when his toe is injured, you got better performance out of him down the stretch because he he had to like stay in yeah the bye week and all that, getting him healthy. Mm -hmm. He kind of freelanced yesterday. And you know what was interesting about that was that his play under pressure went to absolute dog shit. Rodgers has historically always been really, really good under pressure. His play under pressure went to dog shit, and everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy's playing incredible. And that's a good reminder to everybody who gets excited about things like play under pressure. It's just not It's just not that predictive, right? It's not something that you want to go out and, like, hang your hat on. Um Anyways, uh, so who, who are you giving your vote to? Zach Taylor. Okay. I like the Zach Taylor vote. Um, the, the issue with that is that the Zach Taylor vote is really, if you watch the Bengals play, they overcame a scheme that was rather unimaginative. And that was because Jamar Chase is a freaking god. I don't know what it is, but like when he catches the ball... He goes from zero to 60, but also it manages to move laterally at the same time in a split second. The first guy is not getting a finger on him. And that that type of play is what made that team and Joe Burrow and he with a great connection that they carried over from college, what made them so great. Um, I think the answer, the person that I would vote for, and I'm going to include the playoffs here, the person that I would vote for, First, honorable mention, Dan Campbell, covering God. The fact that that team actually played hard and beat two playoff teams was incredible. But I'm not actually going to give him my my vote. My vote would go to Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. I just think you got to look at the way that that team has played over the last 11 weeks and go, holy shit. Also, the way that where he put where he puts Debo Samuel, like the way that it's he not even, it's it's even more than that. Robert Salah left. And they still have a great defense. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's uh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, but like that's, I think coordinators are somewhat a reflection of the head coach. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Mike McDaniel's going to get a head coaching job probably this year, right? Like, no, no, but he'll get looks. I think he's a next year guy, but he's cool. He seems like a cool guy. I'll say this: <laughs> when the Niners go to the Super Bowl, Mike McDaniel's getting a head God. coaching job. Um, okay, 
Let's move on to the NFC game. This is the 6:30 game. Before we get to that game, if you're going to place a bet, go place it on DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Here's the deal: use promo code PFF when you sign up and get 56 to one odds on any team. Bet just five dollars and get 280 dollars in free bets if your team wins counting down to the super bowl you're getting those 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings sportsbook using promo code pff if for some unknown reason you're living in a state where betting is not legal there's still plenty of great ways to win huge cash prizes without risking any money over at DraftKings, they have a free shot to win a million dollars with your first deposit and you can play daily fantasy in any state for huge cash prizes as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Get those 56 to 1 odds on any team to win and then get those $280 in free bets. You must be 20 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers are the ones that are eligible. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. By the way, um, yeah. some people are pointing this out. It's actually true. And I think... When I was on the show today, I just like wanted it to happen, so mm -hmm. I didn't realize how big of a mistake it was. The Bills kicking a touchback with that 13 seconds was really stupid. Yes. Yes! That's a good call-out by the people. By the way, Cincinnati now down to 54%. Whoever mentioned that, that is egregious. Who, who makes that call? It has to be the head, it has to be the head coach. If it's so, not. So Tyreek Hill was back there, right? I believe to no, Pringle. Oh, it was Pringle. Because yeah. you could see if it was Tyreek Hill, but, they like shit themselves, right? And go, oh no, we can't kick it to Tyreek Hill. And they, they kick it into the end zone. So if they kick it off to Hill, if they kick it short or kick it off to, to Pringle, whatever. So there's 13 seconds. Say they kick it short and let it catch it at the 15. They would need to get to what? Like the 40 with, what was it, eight seconds left? Was that they had? Yeah. The chances of them getting it to the 40 yeah. are low. And it's probably. I was just so happy. It's probably like eight as seconds. As a Chiefs right? fan, I was just so happy that Pringle let it go. Yeah. Like I, because I, they're, they're, the, the Chiefs are literally the number one team in the NFL at returning kicks that go into the end zone. <laughs> so like them, that was out of character for them. Um, yeah, that was that was massive. Okay, we have so Niners. The, so the Bills didn't do everything right, but they sure. did play a great game. Yeah, they, they missed a few fourth downs. The Niners finally, with a home game in the playoffs, going to sunny SoFi Stadium, the six seed Niners playing the four seed Rams. Would you make the spread? Three. Me and you, baby, made it three. What is it? It's three and a half, three, depending upon. So on Pinnacle, plus three is. Plus 110 for the Niners. Minus three is minus 122 for the Rams. Total on the game, 46 and a half. So, so but yeah, right, right in between. Um, okay. We have seen, we have seen this game twice already. The Niners have been. This exact game. Yes. We've, uh, the Niners have gone 2-0. They've won their last six against Sean McVay. And this year, this year, they have um, they have two really 
different wins, but both rather impressive. The first one, they won 31 to 10, then the Rams didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. And then in the week 18 game, that was week 10, that was the first game with Von Miller. In week 18, they were down 17 uh, to 3, I believe, or is it 20 to 3? Came back and won. McVay was undefeated uh, after uh, leading at halftime and was so excited that he went into the end zone to hop around with his team after scoring a second quarter touchdown. That backfired. So I guess my question, and I will answer this after, is do the Niners just have the Rams number? You could, I mean, I thought that that was going to be kind of the case when the, when Tampa came out and ran the ball on the first two plays for 20 yards to Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is how the Bucks are going to win, right? Like mm-hmm. the Rams are kind of soft in the, you know, uh, with with respect to, I believe what was the Bucks? Sorry, the the Rams put the fewest men in the box in football. The Niners elicit the fifth most men in the box in football. So it's mm-hmm. like a a mismatch of schemes. Um, yeah, I I think that that's really it. Now, the one thing that you have to be concerned about if you're a Niners fan, though, right? Like the Niners' traditional running game is not working very well of late. Mm-hmm. I think that that has to that has to improve for them to to really control the game the way that they want to, right? If you look at like Elijah Mitchell's last few games, right? Like it's not pretty from a no efficiency standpoint. And like he's the he's kind of the baseline, right? So so let's just look at his last few games um against the Rams in week 17 week 18, I'm sorry, 21 for 85. That 4.05 yards of carry, that's below average. It's still it's not terrible. Last week against Dallas, 27 for 96, so that's 3.56 yards of carry. And then against Green Bay, 17 for 53, that's 3.12 yards of carry. The Debo stuff works a lot better when the Elijah Mitchell stuff is working. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a little bit of – they're struggling a little bit on the Elijah Mitchell stuff lately. Yeah. The numbers in these two matchups have been really, really interesting. Because you mentioned the run game. You know where the Niners are killing the Rams? The passing game. Mm-hmm. They're, they are averaging 0.4 expected points added per pass play against the Rams this year. The, for, for comparison, the Bucks, who are second and have played the Rams twice, are averaging half that. Half that. And that is... I think it says a lot about where the Rams are strong and where the, they're weak and where the Niners are strong and where the uh, Rams are weak. And it's particularly over the middle of the field. Jimmy G over the middle of the field is 29 for 36 for 319 and three touchdowns over the middle of the field. I think he has like 75 yards total outside the numbers. And I found this to be really, really interesting on that same side of the ball. Aaron Donald had a 93 grade this season. He had a 61 grade against the Niners in two games, just three pressures. He's only three games of a sub-70 PFF pass rush grade. Two of them came against the Niners, including his only game in the 50s. And it's the way that the Niners move and are creative with the way that they block and how they, you know, that with their run game, <laughs> I hate to say this, but like, and their motion dictate a ton of shit. And that has been a recipe for success. Obviously, if you're going to slow Aaron Donald down, that's a huge thing. But here's the big thing. And this is why seeing the Rams dominate the Bucs 
doesn't worry me as a Niners fan seeing them go against the Rams. It's the Todd Bowles thing. Todd Bowles blitzed himself to death and literally lost his team a game. In two games against the Rams, the Niners have blitzed 14% of the time. That would be the lowest in the league. Lowest in the league. And when they have blitzed, by the way, Matt Stafford's killed him. Has a 92 grade. But they've only given him 10 chances to throw against the blitz. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, even Charles Menehue, like that D-line is winning. Over the past 11 games, they're the only team in the NFL that is averaging, um, uh, I forget, what did I say? Um, top five sack rate, top five pressure rate, um, and are blitzing at a bottom five rate. In other words, they're winning with their front four. Matt Stafford has made a living against the blitz. I'm betting the Niners plus three, baby. Plus three and a half, you can even get. Plus guess. three and a half, yeah, sorry. Plus three and a half. Look, here, I, I don't know. I, I think in week 18, Kyle Shanahan, you know, what he said is, look, Sean, we're going to go to the park, get dressed, put your shoes on, put them in the back seat of the car. They went to the park. They played around a little bit. He let Sean have some fun. But then he was like, you know what, Sean, we got to go home, put him back in the car. I think this week he gets him to the stadium. He goes on a long walk on the beach, down Santa Monica, up to Englewood, pushes them in the stroller, lets them come out, play around a little before the game, and then puts the hammer down. This dad analogy, a little stretched. You think it's a little stretched here? <laughs> no, I, yeah, look, um, and actually, I actually went back. In the 31-10 game, Elijah Mitchell was like 27 carries for 91 yards. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just the Debo. But to your point about Garoppolo, and this is why – did you know that Jimmy G led the league this year in yards per completion? No, but that doesn't surprise <laughs> like, me. Like, is it Jimmy, coach of the year? Kyle Jimmy Shannon. G throws what's called, and Kyle calls good shit, right? And that, like, the only thing. So, are you worried at all? San Francisco plus three and a half, getting sixty percent of the votes. Are you worried at all? Shoulder, thumb, every and again, granted, some of it's Green Bay. Right, some of it's obviously the weather and stuff. Mm -hmm. Every throw is a duck. Saturday, right? Are you worried that the Rams will be aggressive? I mean, but that's the thing. Like, if they're aggressive if the with the Niners, it's going to be seventy yards to to the good for the if Niners. If the Rams are aggressive to try and cut down Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan is going to feast yeah, 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 in yeah. this. I game. mean, that's like the whole basis of the offense is like, yeah, you. you the, yeah. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I think Kyle Shanahan, being the the good, responsible father that he is, is <laughs> is going to send Sean McVay to Cabo for spring break. You know, after this game, it's, he's going to do the right thing. Give him a little pocket change. You know, tell him not to catch any uh, STDs out there in Cabo San Lucas while he's playing in the Super Bowl. But um, I need to say this about Jimmy G because people are shitting all over Jimmy G. <laughs> And I'm not like I'm I do the thing where I talk about like how good looking he is and like all this stuff on Twitter. I'm a I understand that Jimmy G is super limited as a quarterback. He's, but people hate on this dude like he is the worst fucking quarterback in the league. And he's not. The dude is playing with a sprained shoulder and a torn ligament in his thumb in zero fucking degree weather, having never started a game below freezing. And it, oh yeah, he was bad. Did you see Aaron Rodgers? Like, don't give me that shit. Yeah. And he's good for one really shitty throw a game. What quarterback isn't? 
Well, Did you see Matt Stafford today? Matt Stafford today literally hit threw the ball Jamel right. Dean in <laughs> yeah, the fucking yeah. helmet. He, Stafford, Stafford threw the ball to Jamel Dean twice. And last and I checked, his shoulder is not sprained, and he doesn't have a torn ligament in his thumb, and it was 60 degrees and sunny yeah. outside. Here's the thing. Jimmy G gets the most production out of all of the quarterbacks who people believe isn't very good. And I think a lot of people are irritated that that happens. And I think that they view it, they think that he has some sort of privilege that not that many people have. What, that he's great looking? No, no, that he gets to play with Shanahan. But I, I, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw a few, I'll throw a few darts. Okay? okay. If Ryan Tannehill played for Shanahan, I don't think it's as good. If Kirk Cousins played for Shanahan, everybody believes Kirk Cousins would be an MVP for Shanahan. Mm-hmm. I think Kirk Cousins would throw four yard passes on third and eight, like he does in Minnesota, because he's, because he's kind of a, he, he's, he, like I'll give this to Garoppolo. Garoppolo might not be very good, but he's got some balls. Yeah, he like, has yeah. balls, and he has a short memory. Yeah. Like, he makes— Again, he's not very good. We're not saying he's good. I'm saying he throws what's called, and that's why there's some interceptions. But that's why also when some of these guys are, oh, why doesn't Derek Carr throw interceptions? Oh, why doesn't Kirk— It's because they don't they don't throw they're the ball in harm's way. Take it. Yeah. And that's why they don't lead the league in EPA. They're not second in EPA, or they're not, they're not second league in yards per attempt, or they're not first in yards per completion. And again, we're not— We're saying the offense that's being called, Jimmy is running it. That is, that's what he has over everybody else. Someone he, said that I am obsessed with how Jimmy G looks. Absolutely. I mean, goals. Yeah. I, are you not? That's your problem. Um, no, I, the, the, your point is exactly that, which is that, I mean, the, the game against Green Bay was a great example. He made three really nice throws in the first quarter of that game. They were all dropped. Yeah. Just throwing what was called. The throw that he... The bad interception, interestingly, Kittle was open. That's a throw that Josh Allen makes. That's a throw that Patrick Mahomes makes. James G is not making that throw, okay? And that's the point. That's exactly the point. And that's why I think the Kyle Shanahan thing, you know, you've got to give him some credit because he he literally winds him up, tells him where to throw, and then tells him to erase it if he makes a bad throw and go out there and do the same thing over and over and over again. And he does. And dude is playing with a jacked up arm and thumb like i I, yeah. I don't know i people hating on him i think should should chill out a little bit yeah including myself okay so we have we like J- hold on jimmy g is a top what quarterback i don't think it matters that's the thing I'm just curious I, no one cares i'm just curious jimmy g with with kyle shanahan and healthy and healthy 12 i think like yeah I think it's like 15, 12. This year, though, a lot of guys, you remember when we ranked quarterbacks? Yeah. A lot of guys went up, right? So in our list this year, we didn't have Herbert yet. We didn't have Burrow yet. Yeah. We didn't have I mean, those two guys specifically. You have to probably bump Matt Ryan. You have to probably bump Baker Mayfield. Maybe Lamar is still there. But those guys. Let's see, let's see what people think. Oh, uh, Let's go. Twelve and a half is the is the total. Like make it over under twelve and a half. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. I I think over is going to get 
the resounding. Someone said he's the 13th best quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be over. It's over. Oh, come on. It's going to be over. Anyways, um, okay. So let's uh, – we got to pick both games, obviously. Let's talk about the totals as well. Total for the Rams, Niners is um, – you say 46 and a half? Uh, yeah, and then 53 and a half for – Chiefs Bengals uh weather in Kansas City I believe it's supposed to be similar to what it was today which is like 36 not a lot of wind uh is mm-hmm. that the case okay so before we get to um before we get to picking those games make smart financial decisions and that means check out our sponsors Western and Southern Financial they make sure your financial game is on lockdown and they're making it very fun for you to do this year because you can ask a question of Chris Collinsworth, and in doing so, enter for a chance to win a completely catered $2,500 big game feast on February 13th, 2022. That's a lot of cash. You can do a lot with that. Like, I don't know, you know, maybe if you're in New York City, you can't have like 20 people over and get it catered by the greatest restaurant, but like $2,500 goes a long way. So go to westernsouthern.com slash feast and ask Chris Collinsworth a question. It could be anything you want, like, hey man, Bengals Diners. How would you like to call that game? Um, by the way, I did not know this. Bengals Niners, the Super Bowl is at 82, 83. Highest rated game in Which, history. The, eight, the one in Detroit? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. The uh, the one in 89 was Chris's last game in the NFL. So it sort of bookended his career. Yeah. Because he was a rookie in 81. And then he, uh, I think that would be a hell of a game. Um, but they've got to get past the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So good luck. Anyways, um, enter for your chance to win. The big feast at Western and Southern. Go by going to westernsouthern.com slash feast and then listening to Chris Collins' podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to see if your question. The gets last time the answered. Bengals played an AFC championship game, Chris was Chris played. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> uh someone said Ben Rossberger is greater than Jimmy G. Sir? Uh die. No. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> just not the case. Uh People are a little bit less. We got a little over sixty-two percent. I, I think that makes sense. I I'm think he's top fifteen. I'm about, I think he's top like, fifteen. I like you apparently love Jimmy more than I do. I like quarterbacks who can win. Who knew? Uh, okay, let's start with. You had to make one bet. What is it? Uh, it's Niners plus three and a half. I tend to agree with you. Um, I also in that game. I like over forty-six and a half. I think. Um, I don't know that I could bring myself to bet under 53 and a half. That might be a game where similar to tonight's game, I would wait, see if it comes down a little bit. You can get it live over. We bet it over <laughs> when it was 7-7. Seven, seven, uh, we bet over 47 and a half. It's a shrewd really? pickup on Look, your part. There was a chance that that game was going to land 50, and we would have gotten both pregame under and yeah. live over. But like the game, the floodgates. I mean, if the Chiefs make the one stop, and get a first down. That game ends what twenty nine twenty whatever whatever yeah. it was. Like yeah, it w- the the totals. You know, luckily you don't points bet. You should never points bet an under because of the games like you have tonight. Where it's mm-hmm. like you could like lose your shirt. You know, with all those scores by uh, our, our guy uh, Josh Allen and uh, Mahomes. And then we have Bengals uh, Chiefs Chiefs minus seven. Total 53 and a half. If you have to bet one way or the other, which one are you betting? 
I would take Bengals plus the points. Same. I I don't feel good about it. Gives you a little. I think our I, our model. We were wrong about Packers. We took, laid the four and a half, and then came, I I um all my yeah. sports books came back and took six with the Niners. Because I took I was six, like, and then when I saw James G walk into the stadium, I took Niners money line. Uh, and you're welcome. You, you know it. Yeah, you, you know, are welcome. You do know. Um. So. Yeah, I, I don't – 53 and a half, I mean, bet the over and have a good time. But I, I still I, – I actually think given the weather and given the sacks and the offensive line – like the Melvin Ingram had a great game tonight. Chris Jones not so much, but Chris Jones against that Bengals interior. That Bengals interior line, man, is brutal. But then at the same time, like if you throw the alley-oop to chase against Charvarius Ward over and over and over again. Yeah. T. Higgins had a great game against the Chiefs too. Like that's the thing. So, um, by the way, I have a, a stat for you here. Oh, that stat that please. You're gonna enjoy. Um, for everyone who thinks Jimmy G is like a top twelve quarterback, last four games the dude has ten turnover worthy plays Stop. and two big time throws. I said with Shanahan, two big time throws with and Shanahan. ten turnover worthy plays. But I'll say this, man, he's a winner. I said with Shanahan. That is a you don't think he's that's 12? such a bad ratio. You don't think he's 12? I will say this. I don't in the fourth quarter, like if you need to win a game. He had 127, have, no timeouts, down seven. And, and you need a drive. The nice thing about Jimmy G is he's not going to like he's gonna throw the ball. He's not gonna shit himself. Well, <laughs> he might, but like I have a lot more confidence in him needing one drive than I do Kirk Cousins, for example. Garoppolo is the worst-graded quarterback of the weekend prior to review. Yeah, I mean, he's the lowest-graded quarterback, I think, um, of any quarterback in the uh, playoffs so far. So far. Yeah. yeah. It would be my guess pending uh, review. But um, when, you, when you need him to come up big, he does. I mean, again, like my biggest thing with him is he, he runs – like, again – if you need eight on third down, he's going to probably throw the eight, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a big deal yeah. for anyone out there that watches Kirk Cousins or Derek yeah, Carr. Like Kirk's or... really good at dumping it down on third and, you know, yeah. but that's why the team led the league in third three and outs. You know, like the that doesn't show up necessarily in a grade or a or a or a statistic. Like it might, it's it might, but like it's it's. There's a little bit of good hearts law that's going on with some of these quarterbacks who want contracts, which is once you measure something, it's the guy's optimizing for that. And you're like, you come up for air and you're like, why you won games? Well, maybe you're optimizing for something different. Jimmy G, future Houston Texans quarterback. Man, that is going to be tough. He gets the Trent Dilfer treatment where that they go straight to Gerback after tough him. to Former watch, legend man. Elvin, Elvis Brutal. Anyways, this was... The PFF forecast. We thank you guys for tuning in. If you turned into the watch along as well, you guys are rock stars. Um, we will, of course, be back next week. We'll figure out um, when and where and how we're going to do that podcast. Um, but we'll be back on Wednesday evening, of course, with the midweek podcast breakdown of both games. In between, go to PFF.com. Check out all the good shit there. Love y'all. Peace.